This is the Doctor, President-elect of the High Council of Time Lords. I am definitely a madman with a box. Anyone for Jelly, baby? I'm the Doctor. I'm 904 years old. I'm from the planet Gallifrey in the constellation of Castabras. Hey you fans and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And this is episode 90. The Queen's Age. <laughs> 90. Sponsored by Her Royal Majesty, the Queen. <laughs> this is episode 90. <laughs> yeah, she's getting into her social media stuff these days, isn't she? She's doing videos with Harry and she's very cool. Yep. These days, the Queen. Seen her do the odd vine. <laughs> Think she pops up on Periscope. Possibly, yeah. Beating yeah. the corgis. All that jazz. Watching Doctor Who. She hasn't got Twitter though, has she? Um, I don't know. To be honest with no, you, no. <laughs> she could. She might well. Well, there might be a royal Twitter account. Yeah. Whether she actually gets her iPhone out and starts tweeting, I'm not sure. Mm. The odd she selfie. Yeah, imagine a queen self. <laughs> uh, so thank you very much for joining us for episode 90. For uh, new listeners, my name's Gary, along with Adam, and we bring you Doctor Who news and reviews and commentaries and merchandise roundups and all sorts of stuff. So welcome aboard. We've had a load of new listeners recently, so that's good. Oh, hello to the new, to the new people. Waving uh, to you from behind, behind our microphones. Yeah, hello to the old people as well. Hello to our long-term <laughs> listeners as well. Yep. Those of you with the, yep. the, the grizzled the ancients. Yep. <laughs> the guys that have stuck with us, uh, don't know, well over a year now. Mm. So it's all good. So we've got some cool stuff coming up. We have um, really good news from Big Finish. We've got um, uh, uh, Cool Little Merch. And then we've got our this, uh, this week's episode review, mm. which we've been asking you about. And you've given us your thoughts and comments. So that is all good stuff. Uh, first up, though, as usual, how have you been, my good friend? Very good. Yes, I've been okay. Um, I've not been up to a lot who-wise this week, I have to say, um, because what I was hoping we'd be able to talk about this, this week was the fact that we were supposed to be going to the Cartoon Museum together, weren't we, to this uh, Dr. Who Target book exhibition. Oh, yeah. And yeah. It, it just all fell apart thanks to the blimmin' trains and their signals going down. And I, whereas um, you got to spend a lovely afternoon in the gallery, I got to spend two hours in a train station waiting for them to sort it out before giving up and finally conceding that I wasn't going to get to central London. So, yeah, so I'm a bit good because I was really hoping we'd be chatting about getting drunk in a London beer garden last week, but it just didn't happen. It didn't, mate. And I was really gutted mm. for you as well because it was such a lovely day in London. It was really nice it day. It was really yeah. good. So, um, yeah, so we had planned, hadn't we, to meet mm. up and go to the museum, hit up FP, and then just go and chill out for a couple of hours somewhere, have yep. a few brewskis, and then, yeah, talk talk the night away about who and everything. So, yeah. But those bloody trains... It Honestly. was the signal. Apparently, the signal network went down yeah. on the entire line. And it, the funny, th- well, not funny at the time, but the thing is, um, it literally happened within five minutes of me buying my ticket. <laughs> so I bought my <laughs> ticket. Thought, right, just go and uh, head down to the to the train. You know, to the bit where the train comes in. 
And I just looked at the thing. It's all delayed, delayed, delayed. I thought, oh, that's not good. Because normally <laughs> it'll say delayed two minutes, or but it didn't. It just said delayed. Everything delayed. I thought, oh, what's happened? Um, and I was quite lucky, actually, because I spoke to the woman who was really angry uh, behind the uh, behind the screen. She was like, uh, do you want a refund? I was like, oh, well, is it that bad then? Are they Is it not going to sort itself out in the next sort of 10 minutes you know what's going on yeah. she's like no we've got no further news i'd get a refund if i was you and i'd literally just bought my tickets i was like oh what do i do so oh. i got a refund but then hang around the station thinking now oh, they'll sort it out in a minute because certain bits of the line kept coming back on so they were like ah oh, right yeah we're getting there now oh no 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 yeah. it's not so i was just like it gets every now and again you get this sort of glimmer of hope that you might make <laughs> it um but in the end it was getting so late i just thought you know what it's not not going to be worth me going in but i kept sending you like updates didn't i like pictures of my ticket pictures of all the people kicking off in this in the station yep. pictures of my dinner Your while sandwich. i was waiting to yep. see yeah I, had, I thought i'll have a sandwich i thought i'll chill out i'll have a sandwich it'll all be fine i'll i'll, <laughs> I'll get the one o'clock it'll be good but no it just never happened but um i was good it sounded we were going to have a cracking day weren't we we uh, were Yes. Yeah. But, but you but you did have a cracking day, I assume, because it looked looked really good the posters you pictured uh, the pictures you posted of the cartoon museum looked really good. Uh yes, yeah, so I did manage to get there. Mm. Um my um the line that I used, the Thames Link line into London was all good, mate. Yeah. So I jumped on, I was in there promptly. Um What's it, the deal with photos in there? Because I I've seen a few pictures of it, but you're not is it that you're not allowed to take specific yeah, that's right. Yeah, so you yeah. can take um, you can take a selfie um, with you and some of the pieces of artwork in the background and stuff, but you're not allowed to put your phone up quite close and take a picture of an individual print. Right, right. That's fair enough, I suppose. Which is like copyright stuff, so that's all good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's it's a great little. I mean, it's very small. There's only about uh, fourteen, fifteen pieces of work there. Oh, really? Oh, not that much at all, then. Quite small. However, they are amazing to look at. Yeah. Because um, it's one thing looking at the, re- like, you know, the the mass, you know, produced prints on the books and stuff, which are decent quality anyway. Mm-hmm. But when you actually see it, see them in the flesh and, you know, you see the actual brush strokes and the artwork and stuff like that, it's really, really good. And they had some really good ones there as well. Um, like the... Like pyramids of Mars, Genesis of the Daleks, and mm. you know the three. You know they just had so many. Well, I say so many. They had um, really good examples. Yeah, um, of some of the artwork, and um, yeah, I mean, I must have walked around and looked at all of them like two or three times. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got some other cool little bits. So they got a really good little shop. Didn't realize they do had like so a many, little shop. Yeah, they didn't realize they had so many good. Um, they got loads of really good books there about just general. Um, sci-fi and comic book stuff obviously and cartoony bits and pieces it's all really good so it's really they good haven't, do they have any dot two books in there because last time i went which was years ago it was to a similar thing um they had some of the target books in there like the old ones but they looked new i don't know if they were like re- reissues or what but um yes they have got some doctor who books in there ah. um i picked up the well i picked up the new target book the new new yeah the, new, the target new guide yeah. book yeah um, that uh, we spoke about. The, yeah, did you check the page to make sure it wasn't faded? One of these dodgy ones that they've um, issued a because they, they, there's been a, a printing issue with some of them, hasn't there? Where the I think it's the back page or 
or uh, one of the pages in the back is faded, it's not printed properly, and there's a whole batch of them out there, apparently. Yeah, well, I had a quick flick through, and I couldn't see anything mm. um, that was wrong. Um, that's so good. It, it might be okay, but do you know what? Yeah. If it's not, I've got one of the rarer ones. That Well, that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, yeah that's exactly what I was thinking, yeah. No, I think you should be fine, because it seems that they they picked up on it like really really quick and I, I think it was literally as it was about to launch and so it seems like they've they've probably sorted it yeah, yeah. i think it's cool but yeah it's a great book though isn't it it's really really good yeah, yeah. It is. and they had some other books there as well I had some some of the target ones like the new ones that have been reissued they had some of the older ones um like but new copies of some of the mm. older ones um and that was it, really. They had like a load of other books for different franchises and all sorts. They got T-shirts, posters, Ooh. some really good Doctor Who posters, like big canvas uh, style prints and stuff. They look really good. Oh, right. Um, so, yeah, it was good. And I bumped into one of our listeners there. Um, uh, as soon as I walked in, I spotted a uh, long-time listener, Adam, the ultimate Whovian. Oh, really? Yeah. Hello there, Adam. Hello. So, um, yeah, so I hung out with him and then we went off to uh, Forbidden Planet, picked up some more Doctor Who merch. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it was a good day. I'm just gutted that you weren't there, mate. I'm just, oh, so just, was I. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was cool. What was, so. it, what was the other good pickups you got? Because you got some other good stuff. Um, did, what, didn't you get one of the signed Target books from by Eric Saywood or something? That's right. Yeah. So that was yeah. the the Visitation. Oh, the Visitation. Yeah. That was the yeah. only one I could find that was signed in oh, Forbidden right. Planet. Yeah. Um, picked up um, K9 the Pop Funko oh you got him K9. that's right yeah he's brilliant isn't he after you ordered me to get him last you week you got to have him I bet you don't regret it either no nah, he looks cool um, was he a decent price because he does vary um, he was 11 quid nah, that's alright so that's not, not bad. too bad and um, I picked up a Titan blind box and uh, my luck has continued with the Titan blind boxes because I got the little Tom Baker um uh, you know his like dark oh, suit the regeneration with, a, one. with a turquoise frilly shirt yes that yeah. One, yeah so I grabbed that which is cool it's a good one actually yeah I like that figure I don't think I've got a bad Titan yet I mean I, I haven't got no. anywhere near as many as you so the the ratio from you know <laughs> or the uh, the probability of me getting a, a duplicate or something is, is a lot less than you mm. um, I've got a whole lineup of River Song <laughs> duplicates that I sometimes fire a spud gun at I just line them up and just shoot them down oh, cool, like, yeah. like I'm at a fairground uh, right <laughs> so, yeah so yeah that was all good um, I got another couple of little bits just other not really Doctor Who stuff but it was good it was a good day yeah no it's cool I must admit um, yeah I'm hoping my plan is to actually head up there today after we finish recording that's what I'm that's what I'm planning, but um, yeah, trains <laughs> permitting. Um, but that's what I'm hoping to do, hoping to go there. Because it, clo- it finishes this week, doesn't it? This is the last last week, I think. Yes, I think it finishes on Friday, or uh, yeah, tomorrow or Saturday or something. Yeah, yeah, so there's not many days left. I thought I'd tie it in because uh, our good friend, Mr. Andrew Cartmel, signing his new book um, in FP tonight, the day we're recording. Um, uh, so last night, if you're listening on day of the day that this will come out, time me why I'm in all that. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to try and tie it in with that. I'm going to try and get to the museum and then pop along and grab his new book and get it signed. It is the plan. Whether it happens, we just don't know. I'll let you know next week. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Um, before we move on to news, just really quickly, we've been talking a lot about covers recently. Mm. Target book covers, um, like the artwork for the covers and stuff. Um, and I found this cool Twitter account. Uh, and it's called at Doctor Who Covers. Oh, that's nice and easy to remember. Yeah, so give it a follow, and they've got literally loads of stuff like really cool, um, like 
audio book covers, comic book covers, book covers. Really good to just spend five, ten minutes just like flicking through all of their stuff. So uh, shout out to Doctor Who Covers. Cool Twitter account. I'm searching it now. Is it DR or, or Doctor spelt the proper way? Uh, Doctor Who, fully, spelt fully. Covers. Yeah, Doctor Who Covers. I'm typing it in. I shall add that. Sounds really cool. Actually, yeah. I, just before we move on, talking to those Target novels, I nearly made a, a drop to right clunker because, um, you know, mine arrived signed from FP uh, this week, last week, whatever it was. Ah, yes. Um, yeah. And um, they were supposed to be signed by three. So they're supposed to be signed by Chris, the artist, one by Eric Sayward, and two by Terence Dix. And um, I flicked through, and they were all signed by Chris. Uh, Eric had signed his one. I was like, "Oh, Terrence, what? 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 They they misadvertised it. This is not not signed by Terrence." And um, so I, I was going <laughs> to email FP and say, "Look, you know, you told me when I ordered these, it'd be signed by Terrence and Chris." And oh, I thought, "Oh, I can't be bothered." Um, and then uh, I put the pictures on on Geek's Handbag Facebook page, and someone pointed out they were like, "Have you turned the next page?" And I was like, "No, what?" And I opened it, and Chris, what had happened was Chris had signed one page. And Terence inside the other, so I about felt a bit uh, of a fool. So I'm really glad that didn't matter, because <laughs> like uh, Eric and Chris had signed the same page, so I don't know why it just didn't occur to me to check the other page. Just to check so, the other one. Yeah. So thank you to that to that person that oh, cool. uh, pointed out what a fool I was. Yeah, but I was pleased because uh, Ter- Uncle Terence Dix is is a legend, so it's good to have one signed by him. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So all good. Right. Let's land and do some news. Yeah. Good news for Big Finish. Um, I think I saw something similar to this last year, um, where they said they had their license renewed yeah. for quite a long time, and now they've had it extended even further. So, good news. Uh, we're going to have Big Finish, Doctor Who, and I assume Torchwood, up until 2025. I know. That seems ages away. It does. It, it makes me... Uh, feel old because i'm thinking go how old will i be in 2025 but no it's really good news makes me wonder if they're going to get some of the other new doctors on board you know because there's been a lot of rumors floating around about matt smith and um yes. i don't know how true it is but someone that the, the rumor is that you know matt's been asked quite a few times by fans oh you know please do some big finish and he's apparently his standard answer is i'd love to well up for it but i haven't been asked that's his sort of standard answer, apparently, right, right. in yeah. brackets. Um, so if that's true, I mean, I think, can you imagine Matt and Audio? I think he'd be superb, actually. Oh, yeah. With Big Finish, I think he'd be absolutely brilliant. So yes. that would be cool. I think Big Finish brings out the best in in any actor that's played the Doctor. Oh, yeah, I'd go along with that, especially with Colin. Colin, I mean, Colin is superb yeah. on Audio. And Sylve. And Sylve, yeah. Colin and Sylve. Um, the War Doctor now, he's great. The more doctor, yeah. um, and I think it, it could potentially happen because now we've got somebody from the new era of Doctor Who. So we've, this month we'll get the 10th Doctor. Yes. So Doctor Donna. So now we've got some people from the current era of Doctor Who or the or New Who, however you want to say it. That might open a door now. So people like Matt Smith and um, uh, Amy and Rory, you know, anyone like that, any, any opportunity to get them on Big Finish, I think it'd be awesome. And I, and until 2025, I mean, I can't really see Tom 
um, uh, doing it. And well, maybe I'm not sure, but <laughs> you know, I'm, I imagine he's going to want to properly retire at some point and put his feet up. So you know, they're going to want to bring on some new people by then. Um, so yeah, I'm all for this. This is amazing. I was going to say, yeah, I suppose they they need to they need to keep it keep it fresh to keep it going that long um they've done a good job i mean you think about how how long big finish around and the, the quality of the audios is still really really good actually i mean yeah. you get the odd one that's a bit below par obviously but they're still really really on a on a roll aren't they absolutely um, yeah i know a lot of people would like to see chris but i doubt it but he would be good but yeah possibly not, not gonna happen is it well not that he wouldn't be good but i mean yeah possibly getting him on there mm. i don't know so big finish around till at least 2025. Yes, and talking of being around for a long time, and in our second news item, uh, Doctor Who magazine, uh, fast approaching their 500th issue. Wow. Yes, so I hope mine arrives in better condition than, than <laughs> issue 499, because it's, uh, I don't know if you've seen what you're going to get next month, but it looks like they are really, it's going to be such a good issue, oh, 500. Yeah. They're, they're putting yeah. loads of extra bits in with it. I think the price is slightly higher as well, but yeah, it looks brilliant. Um, so to celebrate, uh, they're conducting a poll to find out which fans think is the their favourite cover, basically. Um, and obviously out of 500, they're they can't just put all the covers up, it, you know, be too much to go through. So what they're doing, um, they're putting the covers up 50 covers at a time. Yep. So you can pick your, your 50, your one cover out of the 50. Um, and then basically they're just going to select, select your results from that. So this is really good. And I, I'm sure you did the same. I, I've looked at the first 50 that they've put up and they're just great, aren't they? They just love the early covers. They're brilliant. Yeah. I, I love that really old, the really old um, red logo, you know, do, where, do you see, yes. where do you say Doctor Who Weekly? The diamond logo, yeah. Yeah, because it used to be a weekly mag, didn't it? I mean, how the, yeah. how the bloody hell they got enough content each and every <laughs> week is beyond me. But um, oh. so, yeah, but they, yeah. And then it moved on to fortnightly and now it's monthly. But um, yeah, the old covers, they're so good. They are really cool. Good. And if you want to see them, just it's um, www.doctormagazine.com. Um, and forward slash, I don't know if you need this bit, do you? Is it S-A-U-D-C-V-A-S? I don't know what that means. Yes. Or if you um, if you just go on to the, if you just go to DoctorWhoMagazine.com, um, there's a, a nav link at the top that says DWM Covers Survey. Um, and you can drop down. And currently, they're, like Adam said, they're doing them in batches of 50. And they're currently up to 301 to 350. Yeah. So you've got, you know, seven pages worth of, 50 covers to go through and vote but i tell you what it's great looking through them all mm. really really good so um and yeah and they're going to whittle down like they're going to take the most amount of votes from that batch from that batch and then from there they're going to decide which is the most the most liked and voted for cover from the past 500 that's pretty good it is good yeah they really mix it up as well don't they because some of these are photo covers some of them are um art covers uh, they really sort of you know varied it back then so it's cool it's good yeah. So yeah, I'll be getting this. I assume because you subscribe, you're going to be getting this anyway. But it's um, <laughs> I'll be getting a folded copy through the letterbox. Yeah, be getting a mangled, twisted <laughs> copy. Um, but yeah, they. I think it's a tenner this month, isn't it? I think it's nine it ninety nine. But it's a really big bumper issue with loads of stuff. Yeah, I think it's almost like two issues in one or something. I can't yeah. remember. They're doing like a mini mag and loads of stuff with it. Yeah, it's going to be really good. I'm I'm well looking forward to getting that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, right, merch. We've only got one merch item, so we'll mm. leave the Daleks outside. 
Um, or they'll be going mad. They'll be going mad, but yeah. yeah. Um, so just really quickly, the Torchwood comics are now up for pre-order. And you can, um, at the moment, I've only seen them at ForbiddenPlanet.com. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can go over there and they've got like the usual batch of variants that you would normally see from Titan these days. Um, so I think at the moment there's six. I think there's six variants. <clears throat> uh, yes, so up to cover F. Um, so they've got like the standard one, which is like the action pose. Then they've got um, uh, a couple of more darker looking ones. And they've got the blank one. So you can sketch your own cover on the front, which looks pretty good. Yeah. Um, so they're up for pre-order at the moment, £2.65. And I believe, when do these come out? Um, July. July. Yeah. Yeah. Beginning July. of July. So, yeah, if you're into your Doctor Who Titan comics and you're also a big fan of Torchwood, these might be good. I think we're going to get our preview um, for them. I think it's the beginning of June. Oh, right. Okay. Or, or the second week of June or something. So, we'll have a flick through and let you know um, just how good they potentially are. Yeah. It's great. I love the fact that Torchwood still, it's clearly still got a good, solid fan base out there, hasn't it? Because with the big Finnish audios and these and. You know, it's great to see Torchwood still still getting stuff out there and not being forgotten. Still clinging on. Mm. I'm definitely. I'm going to get these. I must admit, I was a little bit gutted last night because I I still order the Dot Two comics from FP, um, and I because they charge postage and quite a lot. I always wait till I need to pre-order like a big batch so that I only have to pay one lump sum of postage. If you see what I mean. Yeah. So I did quite a big back order last night of, of, of all the pre-orders for the latest dot two comics and uh, i put it through and then literally this this was added to their site i think about 10 minutes after and i was like oh no because i would have <laughs> added these on as well so i've got to wait until the next batch oh man and then get these out because like, forbidden planet charge so much postage if you see what i mean mm-hmm. uh, it's better to sort of try and do everything at once Oh yeah. So yeah, so yeah, and you have to pay one one yeah. lot of five pounds. But yeah, I, I will be getting these. Um obviously, yeah, it's cool that we'll get a little preview of it. It'd be good to see see how they're done. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Um and there is a lot of um torchwood vibe going on at the moment, because I don't know if you've seen on the interwebs over the last two days, but there's a lot of chatter about Captain Jack coming back for the Christmas oh. special this year. Yes. So yeah. that could be an interesting little uh little point on the on the plot. Yeah, funny yep. enough, I made a note to, to mention that and then completely forgot. Yeah, this is this is because he's um, he drops a big hint that he's going to be going to Cardiff That's right. very soon. Yeah, um, but he's not saying what for, and of course, you know, we automatically issue. Thing is, I think John Barrowman is so keen to come back to the show that if he is coming back, I think he almost would find it impossible <laughs> not to do that. It'd be like bursting to say you can just tell he's just so i really hope it is the case because you know what i think a christmas special with captain jack would be ace i think it'd be just what the doctor ordered i would i would love it so how many puns do you want to put in there <laughs> yeah. it would be ace just what... fantastic i can just imagine old uh Barrowman standing outside uh bbc wales building in his captain jack <laughs> outfit it's like oh, i'm here i'm here i'm here <laughs> You're like, uh, okay, you're not in it, but hi. <laughs> Come and watch. He's like, um, I, can, I can be on set, you know, I can do a walk-on <laughs> part, whatever. Uh, you're not in it, mate. Bugger off. Oh, no. Um, no so that could be good, though. Uh, Captain Jack and the 12th Doctor, that could be very interesting. 
I really, do you know, yeah. I just love the idea of it because, um, because unlike a lot of characters like River and that, Jack's not been overused. So I think, um, I think the timing would be great actually because we haven't seen him for a while, have we? So, nope. yeah. So really, really, fingers crossed. We know you listen, John, and uh, <laughs> he's doing a lot of book signings at the minute, isn't he? Yeah. So yeah, li- we really know. hope it's true. Yes, we do. Adam, hello there. What are we reviewing this week? This week, my good friend, we are reviewing the 10th Doctor story, The Idiot's Lantern. I want my friend restored, and I think that's beyond a little Backstreet electrician, so tell me, who's really in charge here? Yoo-hoo! I think that must be me. Ooh, this one's smart as paint. Is she talking to us? I'm sorry, gentlemen, I'm afraid you brought this on yourselves. May I introduce you to my new friend? Jolly nice to meet you. Oh, my God, it's her, that woman off the telly. No, it's just using her image. What? What are you? I'm the wire. And I will gobble you up, pretty boy. Every last morsel. And when I have feasted, I shall regain the corporeal body, which my fellow kind denied me. Good Lord, colour television. So your own people tried to stop you? They executed me. But I escaped in this form and fled across the stars. And now you're trapped in the television. Not for much longer. Ooh. Hungry! Feed me. I'm hungry. That's what she keeps saying, isn't it? Hungry. Blimmy, blimmy, now it's that woman off the telly. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Gary, what's it all about then, mate? Down on Governor. Right, the idiot's lantern. Uh, May 2006, this was out. Mm. Um, written by Mark Gattis. Or Gattis. Gattis, Gattis, Gattis. <laughs> Whatever tomato you prefer. <laughs> um, Let's pull the whole show off. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, this was um, a one-parter. Thank God. Obviously, as they all are. <laughs> and this was one of those... Um, uh, episodes where they really played on the um the time in which the the episode was set so in some episodes of of doctor who especially in the newer stuff it doesn't matter whether they go like 200 years in the future or 200 years back in time this one they really played on the style of the 50s and mm. and you know the hairstyles and the clothes and the vespa scooter and all that stuff it's very much a, a time uh, episode um which didn't help matters really. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's 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 kick off. Um, let's shake it up a bit. I'll go first. Okay. Yeah. Go. So for it. the idiot's Just... lantern. Mm. Um, not not the best. Not no. one of the best from from Tennant's era. Um, we however, both said we hadn't watched it for a while, didn't we? We were both like, well, yeah. I think both of us said we'd only watched it once, maybe twice most, and couldn't remember it at all, really. So that that says something. Yeah, so I've, I'd only watched it twice before. Mm. Um, so not one of the best. However, um, it's one of those stories which is very, very frustrating to watch mm. for two reasons. One, it's got lots of potential to be good. Because I think that's one of the things that Mark uh, Gattis is very good at, even if some of his episodes haven't been that great. Because he's very hit and miss, I find. 
Yeah, me too. Either with who. Some of them, well, a couple of them have been very, very good, but then another couple have been atrocious. So one of the things that is consistent with his writing, though, is the stories have got loads of potential. If you read it on, you know, reading, probably if you read the script or if you read the story that he put together, you'd think, wow, that, that could be awesome. Mm. Um, so that's the first thing. Um, it had loads of potential. But second, second of all, um, I'm, I've not really known a, a story in Doctor Who in the modern times where it goes downhill so very quickly after so, quite a good start. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, it started off really well for me, even when I watched it. And I couldn't really remember... I remember pieces of it from before because it's mm. quite a forgettable episode, but I remember it being quite creepy at the beginning. And it was, you know, it's very, it sets the scene very nicely. It's almost like the whole, you know, it's like a dark, stormy night, lightning going on, and there's, you know, a creepy thing in the TV. And, you know, this guy's obviously very weirded out and stuff. And it starts really good like that. It's very suspenseful. And you think, wow, this could be quite a creepy episode. But after that point, it just really doesn't pick up at all and it's quite mundane and just easily forgettable. So mm. not that not that great, unfortunately. What do you think what do you think to this one, buddy? Yeah, I must admit, um this is one of those stories. I was really hoping it'd be one of those where, you know, where we haven't watched it for a while and it pleasantly surprises me. I th- I was thinking, oh, let it be one of those, you know, where where I think it's gonna be rubbish, but actually I get to the end of it and think, oh, actually that's not bad. I, you know, I should have given that a rewatch, but um, sadly that was not the case. In fact, if anything, I think it was worse than I remembered because it's never been a favorite. It's never been one that I go back to, mm-hmm. but it's not, it, but it doesn't stick in my mind as being terrible. And to be fair, it's not terrible, but, um, but it's not good. And I would totally agree with what you just said about how it starts very promisingly. Um, and I think for the first five minutes, I was thinking, actually, yeah, this, this, this could be good. This maybe I've, you know, maybe this is going to be one that I rate higher than I think I was going to. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it really does go downhill pretty quick. Um, but yeah, I like, I like, like I said, some great ideas bubbling away in the script. Mm-hmm. Um, some good stuff going on, but um, for lots and lots of reasons, it doesn't translate at all on yeah. screen. Um, yeah, so I'm afraid not not great this one. I found it a bit of a chore, bit of a chore. Yeah. Um it was yep. 45 minutes where um I was actually thinking I was kind of looking forward to it ending. Yeah, <laughs> I just kind of well, not that as I said it's not terrible, but I kind of wanted it to wrap up. I was just thinking it I wasn't invested in it enough. I just kept thinking, yeah, you know, get skip to the end basically. Yeah. Yep. So those of you who haven't seen the Idiot's Lantern, uh, just very quickly, it's um it's a story set around the time of the Queen's um, coronation. And the um, there's like an alien life form that's been stripped of her body and is traveling through space as just electricity, I assume, from what I can yeah. gather. And she, um, she plonks herself into the television of uh, this guy who sells and fixes televisions. And she kind of, you know, she does that thing where like, electricity or whatever comes out the TV, grabs somebody's face and starts sucking like the soul out of them, it looks like. Um, so she does that a little bit to this guy. I think she kind of takes over his mind a little bit, pressures him into doing stuff. So he then starts selling TVs off really cheap to hmm. the town and for part of the country. And everyone's now got 
a TV in their front room, even though back in the time, when was this, 1953, hardly anyone had a TV in their front room. But all of a sudden, everyone's got TVs because the master plan of this alien called The Wire, um, she wants to basically gobble up, (laughs) um, you know, the souls or the spirit or whatever of all the people um, who are currently watching the coronation because that's like got a viewership of almost as much as our podcast really i think it's what was it 20 million something like yeah, <laughs> yeah something like that so that's that's the basis and the doctor and rose they turn up i think the doctor plans to take her to new york in the 50s yeah um but yeah. they end up in london so coincidentally they've landed smack bang in the middle of you know this atrocity going on and um yes it's up to them to to save the day that's right so that's the story pretty much um and yeah, like we've just said, in a nutshell, it's probably probably not the best um, Tenth Doctor story to get stuck into. It's absolutely one of those dust collectors. It's very show. much a yeah, it's very much a filler, isn't it? Because it does kind of just it all wraps up nicely, and I don't know, it's there's not there's no consequence for, to the episode before or after, or it, it could quite easily not be there, basically. Yeah. Uh, where is this? Is, is Tenant's first series, is it? Is it Series 2? Series 2. Yes. Series 2, yeah. Yep. So Tenant's first series, and um, yeah. Episode 7, is it? So it's sort of yeah, at the so, back end of it. Yeah. Yeah, so it's... um, Yeah, it it, it follows the two-parter, the, um, the Cyberman. Right. Uh, right. Two-parter, what is it... Um, Age of Steel and something else. Rise of the Cybermen and Age of Steel. Mm. Um, and they weren't amazing, if I remember correctly. They weren't... Yeah. I don't remember them being like, you know, like really popular, amazing Cybermen stories, so they were okay. Um, but fortunately, um, it does pick up a little bit after this. The Impossible Planet is next, mm. um, which is really good. Yeah, the reason I asked where it was in the series is because... Um, I was surprised that the the sort of characterization of the doctor and and Rose seemed really um smug in this and I don't know it almost felt like it was it was one of their earlier stories to me I was thinking like Tennant doesn't feel like the doctor to me in this he feels like he's still finding his feet um and I don't know maybe it was recorded early on in the block but that's why I was thinking is this one of the earlier ones in series 2 where he's still not quite got the character or whatever but um but yeah, so it wasn't. It was a bit later on, which is surprising because they just yeah, the, both of them, I don't think um, particularly hit the hit the mark in, in this story. Yeah, um, I think, and I don't know why, but yeah, I, I think um, I think you're right. I, I think Tennant is. I mean, don't get me wrong; he's he is good. You know, he is pretty good in this. I did. I, there wasn't anything mm-hmm. that um, that shouted out to me like, "Oh, really?" Not keen on Tennant on this one. You know, he was still. He, he was still the doctor. He was still good, but he did have a certain amount of, um, yeah, smugness about him. Well, yeah, yeah, and Rose is very smug and yeah. quite annoying in it. Actually, she's really quite full of herself in this. But I don't know. With Tennant, I actually thought it's maybe more down to the script actually than him. But he's really up and down in it. So he goes from sort of being quite jokey. There's a lot. He's very whiny in it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, and there's yeah, he goes from being very sort of jokey, jokey to right to the other end of the scale where he's shouting and, oh, you've done it now. You know, this just got serious. and all that. But he really ramps it up to 11. And I think, if anything, he goes a bit too much. I think he's perhaps trying to give the episode a bit more drama 
<laughs> than it than it actually has on the page, if you like. Yeah. So I didn't yeah. surprisingly because it's not very often I think um, tenants not good but i didn't think he was that that great in this one but it again maybe more down to the script than him um but they just he just seemed unbalanced it just seemed to be very very jokey very 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 angry shouty very very jokey there was none of that sort of nice in between you know um tenant which is why i thought maybe he was finding his feet a bit in the role but yeah i, I don't I know yeah. yeah so there was and, no middle ground really it was just um the only the only one the only one bit that um yeah, no, yeah, you are right. It, it's very shouty and very jokey a lot of the time. Mm. Um, there are there were a couple of scenes, like when he confronts the guy in the TV shop. Um, uh, what was his name? Mr. Magpie. Yeah, Magpie, yeah, um, love that. When he confronts him, he did, um, you know, he does show some, some emotion there. It's not all sort of smugness and, you know, I'm here to save the day and, and all that stuff. He, he was yeah. quite he was quite miffed because at that point Rose had been taken. You know, she was one of the faceless people. That's right. Yeah, um, that's what tips him over the edge, isn't it? When he yeah. sees Rose, he's like, ah. Yeah. So that was quite cool. But other than that, you are completely right, mate. It's very. Um, there aren't any of those nice little Doctor Companion bits where it balances out all the humour and shoutiness and. Yeah, they just oh. they both seem just a little bit too cocky in this for my liking i don't know why i just oh, just found yeah. both of them as, as a as the sort of the the dynamic between the two seemed quite smug and yeah. i didn't, didn't really like that yeah, yeah. All right, Jeff. let's talk about um let's talk about uh, a little bit in the story mm. um so how how did you feel about the story as you know not from the perspective looking at tenant's performance or anything like that but just as a story as a whole like how it looked how it played through you know, how it paced along and, you know, because I found it quite, um, I found it, the pacing was okay. It moved along okay, but mm-hmm. it just seemed to be a bit samey. It was like the doctor arrived with Donna and they immediately go and investigate what's wrong. And then it cut back to the scene where the Connellys are yelling, well, um, you know, Eddie, the the father <laughs> figure, he was like yelling his lungs off at his missus and the boy. Then it cut back to the doctor and they were, going off to try and do something and it cut back and he was shouting some more at the boy yeah and then it goes off and then there's a different scene and it cuts back and he's shouting some more i just found it to be very much back and forth a bit samey samey throughout the thing but yeah what, what, what do you reckon yeah yeah i would agree with that i think i suppose once again by the way listeners are going to be screaming out at you because you just called uh rose donna just gonna let you know <laughs> there we go and it's rose <laughs> Just I think you got you got Donna on the brain. I don't know why. Just quickly, I did that on Facebook. I know when it first went out, I said Doctor Donna, and it's why am I why am I doing that? I don't know. You've got you've got Donna. You've got Donna on the brain. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, well, I don't blame. Maybe it's because it's Catherine Tate's birthday the day today we're recording. So maybe that's why. Probably she's yep. influenced you. Yep. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, overall, the story. Um, I find the sort of concept of it pretty bland. Actually, a thing that's trapped as an electrical. Um, presence, you know, the, the the only thing that works for for me is the fact I do like all the stuff of the faceless people and being sucked into the TV and all that's quite good. But problem is when you've got a um, a villain trapped in something, I don't find it very threatening. So although mm-hmm. I quite like Maureen Lipman, I find I'm not really I can't see her really doing much in terms of anything exciting. Do you know what I mean? I just think she's just trapped in that box, um, even though she might suck me into it. I just just didn't find it very sort of good as, in terms of a a villain or monster uh, in that sense. 
just because I, I thought there was no threat. But but I like the idea of the faceless thing. I think that works pretty well. The main, you know, it's still quite good how they did it, actually. Mm-hmm. I thought Rosen, you know, was done quite well when she had no face. It looked, looked pretty... Uh, pretty horrific considering it's just a blank face but it still looks quite good um unlike some of the special effects like when they're being pulled into the tv and that just looks uh really 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 dated really bad even for then um but yeah i i wasn't really invested in the story i mean we got this whole sort of um domestic storyline bubbling away in the background like you said that we keep going back to back and forth um yeah but it, yeah it wasn't enough I don't know. It wasn't enough to sort of keep me entertained, I have to say. felt a little, like you said, every time we went back, I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. He shouts a lot. Yeah. Billy's going to throw him out, whatever. And yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't good enough to keep me entertained, I have to be honest. No, I read you, man. Um, And I think this is, this was a little bit lazy for me um, in the writing because, like like I said earlier, after that first five or so minutes have gone, um, the story was very, very similar to Mark uh, Gattis's last story for Who, which was um, The Unquiet Dead. Oh, yeah, which is probably one of his better ones, isn't it? That was really good. Mm. I, I quite like that. That episode yeah. is pretty good. Um, but it's a very similar concept where, you know, it, in The Unquiet Dead, it was um, it turned out to be gas. You know, aliens right. made of yeah. gas, didn't it, that were, you know, entering people's bodies like gas trails and stuff like this. This was the same, but with just like electricity. You know Actually, I mean? now you mention it, it's the same because, it, yeah, it is. <laughs> I hadn't really thought about it, but you're absolutely right because the only difference is that she is trying to get a body. She's, you know, she's trying to sort of, but she, does, yeah, it's the same concept in a way, yeah. She's just, the fact is she's still trapped, so she's, she's you know, yeah. not a life form. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I hadn't really sort of thought about it, but yeah. Yeah, it's not... um. It's not that different, really. Um, so I found it a little bit lazy in that respect. Mm. Um, but I just wish they would have made it more of a scarier episode. It could have been. And I have to say, I think Euros Lynn, the director, really is trying to make it. <laughs> I think she really tried. Is it he or she? He. Euros. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> started already. Um, no, I think he really was trying to make it um, a bit more... Because like there's there's lots of crazy creepy camera angles. In fact, um, it really annoyed me on the first watch, but not so much this time. But everything's on an angle. I remember thinking they'd gone a bit OTT with that the first time I watched. It. I was thinking, yeah, 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 we get it. It's creepy angling, but you're doing it with every single shot. Like even one of the even one of the um, Magpie record uh, Magpie Electricals. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's on a massive slant. I was thinking, yeah, it you've got this idea. It's it's good. It works for certain scenes. You don't need to do it in every shot. Um, but he's, I think he's trying to eject a bit of something in there, mm. but, yeah. but yeah, it's, but it could have been, you're right. It could have been a lot creepier. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause there was one scene in particular that really did creep me out a lot. And that is where in the Connolly's house before grandma gets carted off yeah. by the men in black, as they <laughs> weirdly say, um, you can't see her you can just hear banging sounds. Mm. Um, and when you open the door, like all you see is a silhouette in like the moonlit window and stuff. And you know, that suspense and that is really creepy. And then when you saw her face, that was just skin. So scenes like that. And then, and the very beginning as well, I found them really suspenseful and quite creepy. I would, I just wish that the episode was more like that. So yeah. maybe having the villain revealed towards the end, not this weird looking, 
not weird looking, but this like BBC news speaker person, mm. which completely diluted the threat for me. It was like, you just can't be scared by her. You can't, you know, because we, we saw her immediately right at the beginning. I would have preferred it to have more of a reveal later on. Yeah. Or something like that. So, yeah, it was just one of those episodes where I was like, oh, this could have been good. This could have been like a real creepy, you know, suspenseful thing. But it just turned out to be a bit wishy-washy. You feel um, like you just want to switch her off, don't you? A bit same. Yeah, you do. It's yeah. on the screen when she's sort of going, you know, going on and on. You just feel like going, yeah, 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 blah, 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 blah. Switch her <laughs> off. Um, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what do you reckon to the support cast then? So um, what about mm. the Connollys then? So um, Eddie that screams his lungs out at everybody mm. throughout the entire episode. Um, the kid, <laughs> the kid, Jamie, and uh, um, what's the mum's what's the mum called? Is uh, it Rita? Rita, that's it, yep. Um, <clears throat> I have to say, I thought, well, one of the notes I made was that, uh, the guy playing Eddie who's shouting his lungs off. <laughs> uh, that's the dad, right? Eddie? Yep. Yeah, I was. I thought he was way over the top, but I realised actually about halfway through the episode, um, it's not really his performance that's over the top. It's the fact he's doing that 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 accent, mate. He's doing that because I was watching him, thinking, "God, he's a, he's not a very good actor." But actually, if you watch his performance, it's not that bad. It's just the fact that he's hindered by that ridiculous act, accent. You can't really take him seriously. Like you just, it's just really, it's almost like something you'd see on a stage. It's a very sort of um, theatrical, well, uh, you know, performance. Well, he he is a proper, he is a proper East End London boy. Is he really? What you mean? He actually talks like that? Yeah, because I'm not. Don't know if you know this or not. Many people know it, but he's the son of Freddie Foreman, the notorious London gangster that used to knock around with the craze. I thought his performance was brilliant. He was the best one in. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he was. Um, is yeah. he really? Yeah, so really, that's his proper. He's the son of Freddie Foreman. Yeah, like you know, back well, in. I couldn't the... get over it. I was just thinking, oh, I, I couldn't take him seriously. Yeah, he's like a proper Cockney East End boy. He's like um, so. He, so that that's his real. Well, I would say real because he's very. He is quite theatrical with it. But yeah. he's not putting that London accent on. But I oh. think the way that he delivers it, he's. He, I think he tries to be old school London with it, mm. you know. And he try. Uh, uh, for me, he try. He tries way too hard. Yeah, that, that's yeah, exactly. the feeling that I got Over from the it. Top. Um, yeah, yeah. Jamie Foreman, he's like a proper, not the sort of guy that you would want to tangle with. I'm just packing my case in case he, he sent the lads down because <laughs> he probably knows somebody that will sort you out. So. <laughs> Oi, oi, lads, I've been listening to that, that Blue Box podcast, mate. Get down there. Give him <laughs> the right old about- scene to. Make sure his legs are... He can't get up them apple and pears by the time you finish with him. All right, I'll knock you, I'll knock I'll you knock a monkey, go and shock them out, yeah? Oh, blimey. Well, that's, that's disturbing. Yes. Um, <laughs> so he was... I thought, like you said, his performance, his, he's got plenty of energy to it, you know, and he's, he's proper going for it. I just felt like he was a bit... He was just trying way too hard yeah, to get a, yeah. that point across that he was like a proper old school, like early 50s London dad who didn't take any messing from his missus or his anyone else. You know, all about perception and image and, you know, reputation and you wouldn't stand for any lip, you know. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I, it just seemed like it was just OTT for me. Yeah. Whereas in contrast, um, Rita, the mum. Yeah gives a really subtle performance, and I actually think she's really good. 
I think she's she plays that sort of downtrodden wife quite well because uh, she doesn't sort of overdo it. You know, she's just like very subtle little looks and, you know, she throws him out at the end. There's your case. But yeah, I think yeah. she's actually quite decent. She doesn't doesn't overdo it. I think she's one of the better people in it, actually. Um, she's pretty when, good. Yeah, she downplays that nicely. Yeah, she gives, yeah. I just think she gives she's one of these act, act, actors that's not in it very much, but gives a nice little performance. Same with the, the son. Um, he's perfectly good. Um, nothing wrong with him. What's his name? Tommy. Tommy. Yep. Tommy. Yeah, he's all right. Rory Jenkins gives a good, good enough performance. I thought. Yeah, he's pretty good. Um, no complaints there, really. He was, he was pretty good. Do Do you think it's right that he goes off with um with this, with his father at the end? Because the doctor. No, it's Billy, isn't it? Uh, sorry, it's Rose. <laughs> It's Donna. It's Donna at the end. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, is it right? Do you think that Rose says to him, "Go after him"? And is it because she's lost her dad? She's like, "Go, go after him. He needs someone." Or do you think he's such a horrible person? He he gets what he deserves. Do you think? Do you think Tommy should have run after him the way he did? Do you know what, mate? I think that's very subjective. Mm. I I I honestly think that depends on how you feel about. Your own dad at the time yeah. of watching it. So I, I honestly think it's one of those. It's a complicated thing for me. I, um, you can absolutely see why Rose says to him, um, "You know, go after him because of." We hadn't seen that episode. Hold on, yeah, because of Father's Day. Yeah, that was obviously a really emotional episode, wasn't it, for Rose and her dad and everything. Um, and hold on a minute. Had we seen? Rose's dad come back at this point. Was he in the Cybermen? Oh, yeah, he's in the Cybermen one. Yeah, because Rose is the dog That's in the alternative right. universe. In the yeah. alternate universe, yeah. So she's had some run-ins with her dad at this point after mm. the very emotional Father's Day. So you can see why she's telling him to go after. Because I think he said something like he's an idiot or whatever. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, but he's still your dad. Sort of That's thing. it. So mm. from that point of view, I can see, fine. But I don't know. It just seems too soon. Like, you know, it doesn't seem like the dust has settled enough for him to, like, build a bridge with his dad. So I don't know. It just seemed like literally 10 minutes earlier, he was getting, like, bollocking number 54 or whatever. And then he's running off down the street after him sort of thing. So I think it's a bit subjective, that one. I think some people will be like, yeah, he should have done that. You know, it's quite quite cute but other people be like no he should have walked around the corner on his bloody own and never seen <laughs> yeah. him again but yeah, take his case and throw under a car <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much yeah so it's all right it's okay I, 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 yeah <laughs> yeah no I, I see i see what you're getting at yeah i i suppose again it's um to me it just felt like they were trying to tie everything every single little bit up um very very quickly sort of thing like you said yeah. um i don't yeah. think it would have actually happened like that um but yeah Quite quite nice though, when he takes the case and he just sort of stand proudly sort of walks yeah. off, I suppose. You get you get the character at you know, at yeah. that point. That was cool, yeah, because he was yeah. feeling quite downtrodden, wasn't he? Wasn't he? And when he when his son takes a case off of him, he sort of straightens up and he's like, Yep. Yeah, look straightforward. I'm not acknowledging it. Yeah, but so. um I just get thinking, uh, leopard doesn't change his spots. You'll be you'll be uh, he'll be inside that case within <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, I shouldn't say that. But is it yeah, I, I I think for in terms of story, I get why they did it, but I wasn't too sure at the time. No, it seems a bit too soon for me to for him to do that. But what do you think to Mr. Magpie, the shop now, owner? Yeah. Now, 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 Mr. Magpie, I actually think he's really good. 
Um, and this comes back to what you were saying earlier about potential in the story, because when he's scared of the wire, it's the only time I feel that the, the wire has any threat. Right. It's because of his performance. I think he plays it really well. Um, you know, he just, yeah, I like the actor. What's his name? Um, Ron Cook. Ron Cook, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he gives a really nice little performance in this. Um, I think he acts it really well. Yeah, he's good. I like him. Yeah, he does play that sort of petrified, very worried, because he it comes across in two waves. Because at the very beginning, he's doing the books, isn't he? And he realises mm. that he's going to go out of business, essentially. And so he's got that very stressed out, worried look. You never see this guy happy. <laughs> you, <laughs> never, you never see this character um, in any way other than worried, scared, you know, uh, you know, up against it, sort of things. So that that's, I agree with you, mate. His performance was really good. I like it when he's trying to get Rose out of the shop as well. You know, when he's like trying to save her, he's like, yeah. you know, if you'd only listen, if you'd only stop being a blimmin' know-it-all, Rose. <laughs> I'm trying to save your life. Yeah, um, but yeah, I like, yeah, we like. I like that character. I think he's good. Yeah, that's one of those examples where she was a little bit too up herself. Oh, she she got what you she know. deserved. I thought. Yeah. She was, yeah. He was good though. I did. I did quite like his performance. And right at the very beginning, I was sold. Mm. You know that very opening scene. Um, I just wish it would have continued. But yeah. yeah, so he sold it for me at the beginning, which is good. Um, and then the wire. Maureen Lipman. Maureen Lipman. Um, what do you reckon? Neither, neither good or bad. I, 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 I kind of like her. Her more. I kind of like Maureen Lipman, but. Uh, yeah, my my issue with it is more the the character of the wire, and like like I just said, no threat, not really very exciting as a baddie. Um, mm-hmm. She again, I suppose you could you could say she's a bit pantomime with her um, acting in it. The way she she's very sort of she hams it up quite a bit, doesn't she? Um, but I have to say, I don't mind her because I quite like Maureen Littman as an actor. So yeah, she's okay, but just the the wire as a villain is 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 rubbish. So. That's what I feel. <laughs> yeah, they were, not her, just the villain. It was okay. Um, mm. that I just, I just couldn't really. The only one thing that I found quite good and quite sort of borderline creepy about the whole thing was, even when she was being quite villainous, mm. um, she still had this smile on her face, and she was yeah. Still, so I find that a little bit unsettling. So I thought that that element of of her character and her performance was quite good. But there just wasn't anything else other than that that made me think, you know, this is really, really going to trouble the doctor. He's going to have a hard time sorting this one out. You know, I just didn't get that feeling. I pretty much from halfway through onwards, I thought, I don't think the doctor's going to struggle too much to to sort this one out. She didn't really pose enough of a sort of doom doomsday threat on on the whole thing. It was more a case of, everything hinders on this portable television. <laughs> yeah. Which and is... also when she's, when she's taking over people, um, yeah, that you don't really get any sense of, uh, cause I suppose that the direction is to just stand still, but I think it would have been much more creepy if they'd have been going, Wah! you know, a little bit more. <laughs> cause it, I almost feel like when they were filming it, they were just like, right, stand still. We're just going to, going to add on the effect. Yeah. Please stand still for ten seconds. There's nothing that needed to be a bit more. That that's where the horror element could have come in because there is a bit, isn't there? Where what which bit is it? Where um you sort of see a hand. Is it when the policeman's 
half taken over and he's on the floor and you sort of see his handle his twitching hand and twitching, yeah. yeah we needed yeah. a bit more of that mm -hmm. to, to sell to sell the sort of ruthlessness of the wire if you like I mean, we could have done a bit more of that yeah and when when um when the doctor goes into the caged area with all the faceless people mm. they're not actually doing anything but their hands are like twitching twitching stuff that was quite good so there were do you know what mate i think overall there were good little elements in this story Mm. but they just weren't enough to save a, a poorly written script and overall sort of story, really. Yeah. What, what do you think of the actual way it's all tied up there? Because we end up going to Alexandra Palace television station, station don't we? Yeah. Um, and uh, as I said, the effects of CGI are pretty ropey, but when they're actually going up what's supposed to be the aerial or whatever um, – it, that's okay because clearly they filmed it outside so rather than having a sort of terrible blue screen like we got in um, Vampires of Venice where Matt's climbing that tower yeah. this actually did feel like it was outside it um, did but it still didn't yeah, yeah but it still didn't really look that great somehow um, I'm just wondering how many times David Tennant had to lick that radio <laughs> oh god yeah. I'm wondering how many takes he had to do poor bloke ugh yeah, um, it looked it looked all right. Um, it looked okay. It was good that they filmed it outside, just to mm. give it a bit more extra, a bit more realism. But it was all right. It, it was a bit of um, a bit of a weak ending, I would say. Very weak, yeah. Um, purely because it's. I mean, I, it had shades of the third Doctor about it, which I quite liked, where the Doctor just picks out a load of junk from the TV shop. You know, as he's running down the street, he constructs this cool little thing. Mm. It reminded me of um, uh, John Pertwee's Doctor, um, you know, where he just constructs something and, you know, there's all that good stuff. Yeah, so I like that. Yeah, yeah, so I thought that was quite good. But then the actual execution just seemed a bit lame. <laughs> I just wasn't bothered by it really at all. What does the, Tommy actually, doesn't Tommy... Does he change a bulb? He does something that he actually sort of saves the day, really, doesn't he? Because the Doctor's kind of getting taken out by the wire yeah uh, so, and tommy it, tommy sort of saves the day really doesn't he yeah is it is it a transistor aura what, what or, happens or to something? mr magpie well he gets obliterated doesn't he oh she yeah just like you know he just he just a poof popped and off and he's gone yeah no oh, that's a shame yeah so yeah i yeah i just wasn't bothered by the ending at all and then you know straight after that we see uh the doctor and rose just mingling around having a glass of orange juice and i hated that last shot yeah I, I just you know when i said about smugness yep it's all summed up in that very last shot i was just like when it ended i almost stuck two fingers up on the screen it's like oh sod off i really didn't <laughs> like I, I really didn't like the the, the them the two of them at the end of that no it was yeah, yeah it wasn't great no no so the idiot's lantern mm. Mm. anything else you want to say before no. we give the world our verdict. <laughs> no, I'm, d I'm done with it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah, no, I'm, I've finished with it. Um, actually, there is, no, there is one thing. Okay. Um, I was going to ask you, I've wondered why it was called the Idi Idiot's Lantern, um, and I know now because it tells me on Wiki, but do you know? I suspect you've, you've looked, have you? Um, the Idiot's Lantern. Um, it's called that because um, there's a guy in it who's a bit of an idiot, um, no, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> no, why, you why is it it yep. Um, it's, um, I don't know even now because I can't find the page. Ah, 
I had it. It's something to do with Gareth Roberts. I think Gareth Roberts' dad used to call televisions the Idiot's Lantern. He mentioned it to Mark Gatiss. Right. And he said, oh, that's a good title. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> it's something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, the Idiot's Lantern. Yeah, Gareth Roberts, a little tie-in. Very nice. Yeah. I have to be honest, I was so unbothered by the story. I didn't really care why it was called that, but I just happened to see it when I was looking at the notes earlier. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's quite cool. A little bit of trivia. Yeah. yeah, a little bit of trivia for you guys out there. Cool. Uh, whose turn is it to go first? I can't remember. Could be me. You, I think. Yeah, could be me. Okay, I'm going to go straight in and give this one a three. <laughs> um okay yeah that is quite low um have you given you... it a seven or something no good grief no. <laughs> no no um i've gone slightly higher than you 4.5 oh yeah i wrote five originally but scribbled it out and went lower um yeah 4.5 for me oh, okay yeah might be a bit generous but um yeah i don't think it's I don't think it's horrendous. I think it's watchable. It's not. It's it's one that I can make it through, watching no problem. You know, it's not. Uh, it's no um, husbands of river song or anything like that. But uh, no, I, I could watch it. It's an easy enough watch. I don't think it's terrible. But it's just. It's certainly not one I'll be picking the. You know, picking out from the box set anytime soon again. Yeah. yeah. I, originally, I was thinking of four. But do you know what? I think I can only. I only enjoyed the first ten minutes. Um, I think Tennant could have saved this for me. Yeah. I really, really thought, yep. felt let down by him. Sorry, David. I know you listen. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> no, I don't know. Just normally the doctor can. We said it about Matt Smith. Normally the doctor can pull up an, an average episode in their performance, but it didn't happen with this one. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. I didn't see. I didn't see anything particularly to complain about with Tennant. I just felt that it, it was a little bit um, withheld some mm. of his range in it. I thought it was just a bit, I thought the whole episode was a bit samey to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought the opening was great, had really good potential, but literally after the first five or like 10 minutes max, it just dives downhill and it's just very, very forgettable. Yeah, it's definitely so, is. I would, I would say a filler. It's a filler episode. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, let's do some listener reviews. Thank you very much for sending in your thoughts and stuff. Uh, we're going to do Twitter, Facebook, but first let's do an audio review. This is Alex Kingdom. Hello, Garen and the Movie Box Podcast now. Uh, the Idiot's Lantern, or otherwise, woman screaming at a box for about uh, 30 minutes. I really <laughs> don't enjoy this episode. I think it has so much wrong with it. Especially the villain every time you see her on screen going, Hungry! Feed me! Sorry about that. But yeah, that's how it sounds. It sounds literally like a screeching, weird... What even is it? And I know villains are meant to be... You don't like them, but this to me is just annoying. Like, I want to turn down the TV. And to consider, I like the premise, though, of the TV, getting the faces away and stuff, and that gives power. That works pretty well. But the whole thing of an annoying villain is when it has to stop. Doctor Who cannot do this. It. I mean... I mean, her plan isn't even that sorted out. I mean, yes, someone's watching on the Queen's coronation and she uses Magpie to help her, but really, um, it doesn't really work. And the subplot with the little, with the boy and the dad is awesome. I really like that plot. So that episode is honestly pretty bland. Uh, it's fine. It's got a few places of light, so I'm going to give it a 4 out of 10. It's fine. It's just... Really bad villain and really bad pre- premise, but I do like the Doctor in the episode Rose. Mm, mm, really, 
She's all right, I guess. See you guys next week. Thank you very much. Cheers, Alex. Always make some good points, Alex. He does, and he he always he sends in an audio every week, pretty much without fail. So we we appreciate that, don't we? So very much so. He's a um, yeah, yeah, always supports the podcast. Cheers, Alex. Thank you very much. Um, over on Twitter, Connor Allen says, uh, "Great story. Uh, I love the 1950s setting. Uh, people nicking other people's faces from the TV. Unique and creepy. A great episode." Oh. Uh, was what was the chat's name? Alex. Uh, Connor Allen. Oh, Con- Connor. Sorry, Connor's probably s- switched off ages ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> He's like, what? Yeah, uh, his Twitter name is uh, Jimmy underscore Goodchild. All right. Uh, then we had um, uh, again one of our longtime listeners. This our, our Twitter name is Josie Melancon Thirty, um, and I've seen this picture before. She put a, a picture on her dressed as Rose from this episode. Oh. Um, which is cool. Um, so she's all about. The cosplay. It's a good one for cosplay. We should say that with the yep. scooter and the slick back hair. I can imagine you doing that when you do your tenon cosplay oh, yeah. and the glasses. Yeah, it's a good one for cosplay. Of course. Um, Matt Goodacre says, not one of my favourite stories. I find the ten slash rose relationship unbearable and the mm-hmm. plot boring, but the monsters look cool. Um, what, what did the lady before say was it just it was a good one for cosplay well she said that she agreed with connor the first uh, review um and she said um i could add that i fell in love with her outfit and that's when she posted the pic oh i'm with you okay that's good so she agrees with connor it's a good episode um and she does look like rose spot on pretty much yeah i'll check it out um uh a dot p twitter name who observation says one of my least favorite in tenants era never watched it the whole way through i would give it a one out of ten Good Lord. Good Lord. One out of ten, I'll send the boys around. Before we, go on to, before we go on to Facebook, let's do another audio. This is Joe Sweeney. Hello, Gary Adam. Hope you guys are well. So, my review of The Edith's Lantern, what do I think of it? In my opinion, it is a story that you don't get excited about or there's nothing to shout about, really. It's okay to some aspects. Let me start with, like, when the Doctor rides a, a motorped out to the TARDIS. I thought that's a good way to, to start the episode. And I like it how this story is all set in 1950s, where, where, where it's all, like, black and white TVs and very small before modern-day TVs. I thought that was really, really intriguing. Um, David Tennant's performance was really good. It just shows how the Doctor would go to any extreme lengths to save Rose. And Billy's performance was very good as Rose. Tommy Tommy was quite good um, of assisting the Doctor on his adventure. But I do not like the father at all. But I'm glad he's got his comeuppance at the end when his wife finally saw the light. And The Wire, I'm not too overly fussed about it because I don't find her very fearsome or very um, um, threatening. But I do like how she pulls her victim's face into the TV screen. Overall, okay episode, but I'll give it a score of um, 7 out of 10. Hope you enjoy the podcast, guys. Speak to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Cheers, Joe. Thanks, Joe. Uh, it's a good point. So I, I didn't mind the Doctor screaming out of the TARDIS on a, on a scooter. No, no, I quite, quite, quite like that bit, actually. Pretty good, yeah. 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 Um, right, on Facebook. Uh, George Coppen says, pretty weak episode. The villain is kind of lame and the supporting actors aren't brilliant, but it's not the worst episode in the series. Um, 3.5. Fair enough. Yep. Yep. 
Uh, Sammy Satine. Um, gives us another good little synopsis here. Uh-huh. Uh, the Wire decides to ruin Queen Elizabeth II's coronation by sucking people's faces off and feasting on their brain activity through their brand new Magpie Electricals TV. Pretty much sums it up. Yes, perfect. Uh, good thing the 10th Doctor and Rose Tyler say the day by recording, then taping over the wire. Uh, <laughs> I like this episode. I don't really like Mr. Connolly much. Very aggressive. Don't fully understand why, at the end, Tommy was encouraged to go off with him. Mm. love Rose's dress and the shoes also the Doctor has a motorcycle in the TARDIS who knew mm. uh, love David Tennant love Billy overall 8 out of 10 yeah a lot of love for Rose's dress in this one isn't there yeah which is good um, George Coppen um, then went on to say nope that ain't Donna <laughs> oh yeah because you put so you my put previous uh, fluff there clunker thank you Lewis Palmer says don't mind this one as with all of the RTD era, I grew up on it, so I have a huge fondness for it. Uh, the villain is actually quite creative. Not much to say on this other than Rose is annoying, and I give it a 7.5 down to pure nostalgia. Fair enough. Danny Brown. Although Tennant and Piper are on top form in this episode, the poor narrative lets the story down. 6.5. Enjoy the show, guys. Cheers, Danny Brown. <laughs> Jeff Waddle, lastly ah. on Facebook, says... An alien mind trying to take over the world via TV signals, people's faces being stolen, a father who obviously is abusive to his kid. The kid is obviously struggling with the fact he is gay. Uh, all potentially good storylines on paper, which is what Gattis is good at, and yet somehow, like most of his stories, it's turned into a load of tripe on the screen. <laughs> uh, he goes on to say, almost unwatchable. I saw it on transmission and that's it. Never again. Tennant and Piper at their smug worst. Mm. Self-indulgent rubbish. One out of ten. The one being for the idea of someone stealing faces. Mm. I do love the word tripe. Always tripe, makes me yeah. Yeah, so brilliant. Jeff, not happy with that one. No. Uh, that'll do for the official Facebook page. Um, mm. Have you got anything on the Geek's Handbag? No, nothing this week. No, no comments. Yeah, which probably speaks volumes speaks about this volumes, episode. Yeah. But, but no, nothing this week. In that case, we'll finish up uh, audio reviews. This is from Who Addicts, Matt Rowney. Hey there, Gary and Adam. I hope you two are well. Now, quickly, because I forgot to comment on last week's episode, The Robots of Death, outstanding. Nine out of ten. Couldn't get much worse, though, could it? The Idiot's Lantern. It's bloody awful. It's one of the most flat and forgettable and unmemorable stories that we've ever had in Doctor Who. I mean, there is nothing that you look back fondly on with this episode. There's nothing that stands out. There's nothing that makes you want to go and watch it again. It's just so flat and forgettable. And one of the reasons for that is The Wire, who is one of the worst villains we've ever had in Doctor Who. She was so irritating, so annoying, and she made you want to put your fist, never mind through her TV screen, but through your own TV screen. She was just, she got on my absolute nerves when hungry hung you know shut up she was such a stupid villain i mean and even the characters in this couldn't save the episode the side characters were average at best i hate rose tyler full stop anyway so nothing will ever make me like her but even the 10th doctor couldn't save this episode everything was just so flat and so jarring and it's an episode that i will never ever go back to rewatch unless you paid me to so the Idiot's Latin for me is one of the weakest of Series 2 and Modern Who in general, and I'd probably give it a 4 out of 10. Oh dear. Oh dearie, dearie me. Not a lot of love for this episode at all. No. 
which bums no. me out because I love the tenant era. Um, so I, I, I'm, I don't like it when we have these clunkers. No, I don't either. I, I wanted it to be like one of those little undiscovered gems where you think, God, why did I? Why have I not watched this for a while? You know, this is actually pretty good. But no, so isn't. Like the twin dilemma. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like that. You can't beat galactic slugs. Oh, of course not. Yeah. yeah. What, what are we doing next week, dude? Oh, yes. Next week it's uh, Sylvester McCoy because we're off to the psychic circus, Gary. <laughs> going to land the TARDIS in the psychic circus. Um, we're going to get our scoreboards ready because it is, of course, the greatest show in the galaxy. Yay! Next week, yes. Uh, Back to the classics. We've wanted to do this one for a while. Indeed, we have. For a long while, but we've held off for a while. So, um, yes, very much looking forward to that one. Yeah, yeah, actually, you're right. This has jumped around our schedule for a while. I don't know particular reason. It just has. But, yeah, we're finally doing it. So, finally great show it. in the galaxy yes. next week. So look out for the Facebook post for that. We'll also put it on Twitter and so on. Uh, so we'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, so send in an audio clip or a video clip, if you like, um, up to a minute max. Um, or just pop your thoughts on Facebook or Twitter. And I think we'll do there, buddy. Okay. Thank you so much for sticking with us and listening to episode 90. We are approaching the big 100. Mm, we are, yeah. Which is good. Uh, I wonder if we'll get to 200. <laughs> well, be positive, Gary. <laughs> Come on, let's have a bit of positivity. I wonder if we will. I wonder oh, if we'll make it to 100. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'd like to think so. Yeah, we've got enough stories, haven't we? So. Oh, of course, yeah. So really looking forward to next week. Um, greatest show in the galaxy. Imagine uh, if we're by, by 200. Imagine if we've run out of stories and we've had to resort to reviewing, like, um, I don't know, the, the the freebie that was given away with sugar puffs in the eighties, a little <laughs> Colin Baker comic, and, yeah, yeah, like Titan merchandise, like week twelve. <laughs> this is like the twelfth Titan thing. The podcast is like seven minutes long. And we're both actually, and we're not even human anymore. We're just two <laughs> little heads in on in a glass jar with loads of wires. <laughs> <laughs> oh crikey! Right, in like all, the troclophane, two troclophanes doing a podcast. <laughs> in all seriousness, I'm very looking forward to hearing our viewers' thoughts for. Uh, great show in the galaxy me too um, so check out the website www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk you can listen to all the past episodes there plus you can link off to all the social stuff and you can also subscribe as well and if you do listen to us in iTunes if you could leave us a review and a rating that would be amazing thank you very much uh, remember to check out Adam's channel The Geek's Handbag do a search for him on YouTube and Facebook you're not going to believe this, but guess what's out? Well, it will be out by the time it's podcast. Guess what's out? Crikey, not a video. Yes. Go only on, that blimmin' silver screen TARDIS video. Ah, oh, sweet. It's only been two and a half years in the making. It's, <laughs> it's finally out. Well, it will be. It'll be out tomorrow by the time it's podcast go out. Yeah. Oh, nice one. I'm looking forward Enjoy. to that, Enjoy. <laughs> so check out Adam's channel. Loads of cool videos. All good stuff there. Uh, so next week, um, it's going to be a great show. Uh, until then, my name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember... And... Uh... Lonzy! Lonzy!